All right, the trade deadline has come and gone in Major League Baseball, and this is the only one, none of this waiver, post-whatever deadline BS now. We I like it so much better. Deadline. Yeah, I like it so much better. I don't. I wanted just this one day. I don't want to go all having the waiver deadline yeah. going where you're into August 31st or even August 15th of where people are talking about. One day, make it happen that one day. And the Dodgers... Arguably did not. Uh, here is the here is the official haul for the Dodgers on Wednesday as the trade deadline passes. Uh, Jed Jerko, they pick him up from the Cardinals, who is uh, currently injured. Uh, a lot of guys remember him from his days with the Padres. Uh, Adam Kalarik, a left-handed reliever, lefty specialist, really from the Tampa Bay Rays. That'll be helpful. A good one. Uh, they got some international cap space. Always nice. big. Everyone Need loves that. that. Yeah. And some cash considerations. Right. I mean, Adam Kalarik. Which is good. Adam Kalarik, I'm okay with. I mean, do we really need to spend a lot of time on Jed Jerko? Most, for the most part, we're not going to see Jed Jerko. He's on a 60-day IL. He's not supposed to be back until maybe September. And even then, he's a second baseman that really probably is not going to get a lot of playing time. He's just he's depth. Th- I think he's there just in case maybe you know rosters expand in September. You can put him up there as no harm, no foul. Right, exactly. And it all worked out. The, the money worked out because Tony Singrani was the one that went in that deal. And so the the and then um, St. Louis gave money back to the Dodgers to make that money actually work. Cash considerations. There's your cash and considerations. Cap space. Yes, exactly. So I I think that deal is just kind of. I don't really understand it too much besides that it's just depth at second base. The the only acquisition that they got here that's going to help in the playoffs is Kalark. I mean, he's going to be somebody who, you know, he comes out and he and he's very effective uh against left-handers, uh batting a buck 87 against him with an OPS under, uh, right at about 5.30. So he's really good against lefties. He is a true loogie. Right. That is what he is, uh, you know, so he comes in one hitter, maybe two, whatever it is, and that's your Adam Kalarik appearance for the evening. The big question, and we'll take your calls, 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to KSPN Los Angeles. You look around the rest of the league, Greg, and, and it's not just that teams got better. It's teams that the Dodgers may see got better. Houston in the World Series, if they get that far, they get the big move. They pick up Zach Greinke from Arizona. But even before you get there, Atlanta got significantly better in the last couple of days, fixing a bullpen that was absolutely their weak point. Um, you know, they, they pick up Martin from Texas and today they get the big guy, uh, Shane Green from, from, uh, Detroit. Detroit. And that gives them a close. They've had horrible problems with Luke Jackson as their closer all year long. Now you plug Green in there. And you're pretty much good to go. That is a very good team in Atlanta. Well, Atlanta was always going to be very good, and they were last year. They were a year too early, and they and they made it to the into the playoffs. And the Dodgers just you know beat them in the in the NLDS. But now they're they are very good. They have a good pitching staff. They have a very good uh, rotation. They have a very good. Um, Offense, defense, they're, they're, this is, they're a good team now. And so they're going to be a little bit more scary. And, but I think that this now for the Dodgers is going to be, they still have what it takes to get there. Well, there are two, there are two things that are happening here. The first one is like the Dodgers didn't get worse. And like they're still the best team in baseball in terms of their record. They've won 71 games. They've lost 
39. They have a 15 game lead in the NL West. They're, you know, almost surely going to host, um, certainly through the National League playoffs. Should. Um, barring some kind of collapse, you know, the, the Cardinals are ahead in the Central right now with 57 wins. Uh, Atlanta's got 64. The Dodgers have a seven game lead in the National League and, you know, right now, uh, have the best record in baseball. So, you know, things can happen between now and then, the American League nationally. The Dodgers didn't get worse. No. 1988, though. That's what people are thinking of. Two straight World Series losses. What did you do to make people feel like you took a really good team and made it bulletproof for the playoffs? And the answer is not much. No, they didn't do much. And I think that's what a lot of people are really upset about is because I that's the one thing that I'm actually not too happy about. If I, I'm... If I'm the Dodgers, I want to go out and get as many bullpen pieces as possible to try and shore up that bullpen because it has been a little bit of a weak spot. Um, but just like the not Nationals did. Not as bad did. as people think. No. No, it's, it's not. But it's a relative weak point. Right. And also, when you look at the Dodgers bullpen, you think you look at the guys that are not going to be on the postseason roster anyway. So Yimmy Garcia and even Caleb Ferguson, who hasn't been very good. Um, a lot of these guys are not going to be on the roster. Maybe Casey Sadler gets there. But for the most part, I mean, you're looking the bullpen when it gets to the actual playoffs is going to be pretty much set between it's going to be Kenley Jansen. It's going to be Pedro Baez, um, possibly Dylan Floro. But for the most part, Kenta Maeda, Ross Stripling, Julio Urias is going to be in the bullpen. It's going to be a lot more starter driven, and it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot less of these guys like the JT Shagwas that are not going to be there. But it's fun to say JT Shagwas. <laughs> it is, but it's just he's not going to be I, I there. Just, it's you know the Nationals bullpen got better, and that's a team with a good lineup. Uh, and now you know good good starters obviously with Strasburg all this a bit like, and so now you look at it and you say okay, well they've got a little bit more Dan. It's that. It's the concern is like, okay, did the rest of the National League just catch up? With Forget Zach Granke going to, to Houston for a second here because you got to get to the World Series before you can win or lose the World Series. Washington improves their bullpen. They get better. Atlanta improves their bullpen significantly. They get significantly better. And so the Dodgers... They didn't get worse, but the gap between them and the rest of the National League just shrunk. Sure, it probably did. But, I mean, it, there it depends on what you're actually going after and what you have to give up. So what the Dodgers did was, yes, they got all they got was Adam Kalerik, but they needed a lefty reliever and they needed a lot more lefty relievers. But now you have you have Kalerik, you have Orius, maybe Ferguson, um, and Kershaw and Hill, and those are your that's your lefties. That are the all the lefties that you have on your roster right now, and really in the in the minor leagues too. So yes, they need to go. It was hoping to get more of those guys. And you're hoping now that basically that Kalerik is a guy that can just be a, a big, for you. Right, he can the, be Tony Watson for you. Yeah, I mean, and he, that, that's a that's a great little pickup. The, the guy they gave up is somebody I have uh, may or may not be a real person. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> we're not going to miss him. Like Molly Knight had a great feature on the, on the Athletic a few days ago where she laid out literally every trade deadline deal the the, the Dodgers have made since I want to say she went all the way back to like 2005. And the number of people that you go, oh. I wish we had that guy still is basically zero. The dude they traded today for Adam Kalarik, we will never hear from again. <laughs> no, no, he's never going to be heard from he's again. Just, like he's going to move down to Tampa in their farm system and, and, you know, Godspeed. That I would have loved to say. And like, and then on the other end of the lefty scale, Vasquez didn't move from Pittsburgh. Right. You know, that, that asking price was too high. And I'm sure we'll talk about this, you know, over the course of the hour here till nine o'clock. 
I'm not giving up Gavin Lux for even three years of Felipe Vasquez. I'm not doing that. No, not it doesn't. For an everyday player. It doesn't make sense, and that's and that's what the biggest thing that people don't really understand, and they they want to see just go after the star, go after Felipe Vasquez because that's the piece that's going to win you the World Series. That's that doesn't guarantee you well, anything. Of course not. And Gavin Lux, the, the the top four prospects the Dodgers have are Gavin Lux, Will Smith, um, Kieber Ruiz, and Dustin May. Will Smith is already up. He hit a three-run home run today to beat Colorado. Um, Dustin May is coming up on Friday to start, so you're going to now see Dustin May. Gavin Lux is is just destroying AAA. 480 or something it's, in AAA over about 100 stupid. at bats. I mean, he has like a 1500 OPS. It's just it's insane what he's doing down there. So I would have to assume at some point he's going to come up and play second base for this Dodgers team. I don't know. You maybe you have a reason why it's not. I think that he's only played seven games as a second baseman this year, so he needs maybe needs a little bit right, more he's time. He's a natural shortstop, right? And the Dodgers have a pretty good one. He's going to be the second baseman for ten years as long as yeah. Seager's right. going to be there, and that's why he's. I mean, for all these people, so well, if you're not going to trade him, why not bring him up? It's because the Dodgers, you know, they went through the experiment with uh, with Jock Peterson at first base, and they may or may not kind of tinker with that a little bit over the next couple months. He has not. Done well there. It says six errors, I think. At this it's point. not you working free, well. And it reminds you, first base is actually hard. <laughs> right. Like for any, I, I, I tried this thing where you take, you know, as a, as a, back in the day, you know, where you just go and you sit there and you think you've got a big glove, it's easy to do. It's not. First base is hard and the hard, and the longer you do it, the more you're, is expected of you. That transition isn't easy. Same thing going from shortstop to second base. And if Gavin Lux is going to give back every run that he produces offensively because not really a good second baseman. Dodgers don't need to put him in the lineup yet. The lineup scores plenty. It's fine. But next year, he's going to be the second baseman. Yep. And the year following, he's going to be the second baseman. And the I, where I will give the Dodgers a tremendous amount of, of leeway is here. The guys they don't trade always turn out to be good. I think that's the biggest thing. And there's guys like John Ireland that wants to trade every single prospect to get whoever it happens John, to be. You know this as well as anyone. John Ireland's a moron. <laughs> I would never say something a like that. Genuine <laughs> died in the wool moron. But look at look at the guys that are up here. Like every year they don't trade somebody to get to whoever the big prospect whoever the big guy is that year, whether it was Stanton or Cole Hamels or whoever it happened to be. And now you because of that, you have Cody Bellinger, who is a legit MVP candidate. You have Corey Seeger who is here. Alex Verdugo is playing very well up here. Walker Bueller The only reason was a Verdugo star. doesn't play more is because they just have too many good players. Right. And Verdugo is playing is, is playing right. a good amount, too. Yeah, but, but like, in, on 90% of the teams in Major League Baseball, he plays 90% of the games. Right. They just don't have that here. No. And so the Dodgers and Andrew Friedman knows. I, I give it up to Andrew Friedman so much because he is is so great at figuring out who the right prospect is to go and who the right prospect is to stay. And I've, if he thinks that those top three, four guys are the right guys to stay, I'm totally on board I with 100% that. 100% agree. And, and, and it's not because of payroll and it's not because you need to, you know, these guys are cheaper and this and that or whatever. It's because young players are also better and you don't want to have to chase free agents in their early 30s because you don't have enough guys in their mid-20s moving into their prime. So that part of it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, this is just somebody, again, that Ireland doesn't understand. <laughs> this is what I do every day. Am I crazy? But should they have traded that? Pro- you know, so I will, I will tell you this. In 877-710-ESPN is the number. You know, are, are you okay with what the Dodgers did? Are you not okay? I don't mind that they didn't go all in for Vasquez, all in for the you know for Zach Greinke or, 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 or some of these other guys. Shane Green would have been nice. 
Yeah, yeah I, really, I mean, if you look at his splits, though, actually, he's been up and down throughout his been career. Pretty good in the last month and a half. This this year, he's been very good, right. but the year before, he was terrible. Right, and you don't need him, but you also don't need him to close. Like, a guy like that would have been a nice addition to the bullpen. Right. I will tell you this. There is a strategy and something that I think the Dodgers could have done and didn't do that I would have liked to see them do a lot more than the, you know, give up Dustin May for, for Vasquez. Tell you what that is next. Brian Kamenetsky and Greg Bergman. It's the Dodgers tri- post trade deadline reaction show, ESPN LA. 877-710 ESPN is the number. The Dodgers are relatively quiet uh, at the trade deadline today. A lot of big moves. Really, I mean, it looked like a, a dull deadline, Greg, until, um, about five minutes after the trade deadline was over. And then all of a sudden it was like, damn. Right. It got busy right afterwards. It was one of the most boring deadlines I've ever watched. I've never, uh, refresh Twitter as many times as I have for nothing, for nothing to come up. It was very brutal. The Anthony Davis stuff. <laughs> well, at least they. Oh yeah, you're talking about jeez at the trade deadline for the NBA. February was busy. That was, it was busy with nothing. Also, <laughs> yeah. but like yeah, I mean, but like you sit there and I think the expectation was, especially you know last year when the Dodgers really made the big move. They went and you know, they got you Darvish, and we all know how that turned out. Right. Game Manny seven, Machado like, last year, Machado and all that stuff. Like they they made the big all in kind of moves last year. And, you know, it's different year to year. The Dodgers don't need a starter. They don't need a bat. It was really just bullpen stuff. And so that, that changes it. But the expectation always is, well, the Dodgers are going to do something. Like, they're going to, of course, they'll do something. And they, they picked up uh, Adam Kalarik, a left-handed reliever from uh, Tampa Bay. Very good left-handed specialist. One, you know, the, the traditional loogie comes in. One guy. Buck 87 batting average against, against lefties. OPS at 530. Very effective against lefties. And that's all he's going to do for you. Right. And I think it's, I think it's okay to be disappointed with what the Dodgers did in the, and at the trade deadline tonight. They did nothing. They didn't do, besides Adam Kalarik and Jed Jerko, they didn't do anything that really helped the bullpen out besides this one guy that's there for a specific lefty. And I think it's okay to be disappointed, but to go way over, I think this is maybe it's just Dodgers Twitter. Maybe it's just Dodger fans in general, just thinking that that's it. The World Series well, is, is gone. This is 1980. This is the impact of 1988 and, Two consecutive World Series losses, and you know how many division titles have they won in a row? We're uh, up six. To this six. is going to be seven this and year. How many out of the last ten? It's like you know, it's it's this sort of opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to go win a World Series, and for whatever reason, at different times, I mean, it's Kershaw hasn't pitched the way Kershaw would be expected to. You know, Machado, who's fine in the playoffs, but didn't deliver, and you know, Darvish. You know, it's it's this feeling. It's very similar to Lakers fans. Like you want the feeling of bulletproof, right? When you go into the the playoffs, and and you can't get that. It almost doesn't exist. No, I mean this but team goes to the World they, Series. That's what fans want, right? They want that, and the Dodgers have been going to back to back World Series, and it's been different types of teams actually the last two years. So two years ago, the Dodgers were very much they were like this team now, where they were great offensively, they had a good pitching staff, everything was kind of just rolling along, but they were just a little bit early, and they and they ran into a Houston team that put up numbers over and over and over again, try not to break that. Good. <laughs> and then this last year, the, the Dodgers, they couldn't hit against the Red Sox. They couldn't hit at all. The runners in scoring position numbers were terrible. And they could just not get that big hit to get runners across. And now this year, they kind of have everything already there. Right, and the bullpen doesn't suck. No. Like, the bullpen's the eighth best bullpen in baseball. What worries people is 
some of the teams that are ahead of them, Houston, New York, they, the, the, some of the bullpens that they could see are the ones that are ahead. And then Atlanta's bullpen, which has been a bit of a dumpster fire this year, improves a great deal. Um, you know, they pick up three relievers, including Shane Green, uh, from the closer from, uh, from Detroit, which solves one of their big problems. They've been trying to, Luke Jackson and AJ Minner. So different, those teams got better. Washington, which has been a potent lineup all year. Great starting rotation, terrible bullpen. They pick up a bunch of guys and they get better. I mean, bullpen is just a crapshoot. And I, you know what, as much on paper, it looks like all these teams got better. It looks like the Nationals got better in the bullpen. So it also looks like the, the Braves got better. But so often you see a bullpen just explode when they get to a certain team. Like Sean Doolittle was a good closer and then he wasn't for the Nationals. I mean, it, so just because you're a good closer on paper doesn't mean you're going all to be I know there. Is the, the, the Nationals want to go to the playoffs and they've, they're trotting out Fernando Rodney as a setup guy. So <laughs> right. Anything you can do to not do that. That probably makes you better. Absolutely. Uh, Irvin in Colton or Colton in Irvine. I'm not sure. Either one. Uh, you're on with uh, Brian and Greg. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, um, I'm calling just to see how uh, the Giants were cleaning out the bullpen. And we saw the Pirates were not trading Felipe for nobody. Um, why did we try to get what's made from the Giants? Or would they not trade with us because the Giants were yeah, it's a good question. Thanks for the call, Irvin. Um, I don't know the answer. Will Smith well, didn't get traded. So, I mean, to some degree, it's what are they asking for? I, th- I think Dodgers and Giants have made two trades in the history of their franchise. So this doesn't happen very often. But he's right. They shipped out Melanson to, uh, to Atlanta. Sam Dyson went to uh, Minnesota, I think. I, th- I think he was the, to the um, Twins. And so, like, they did move a couple of the guys from that. Andrew moment. Pomerantz. Right. Also got moved. Um, but they didn't move Smith. So, well, there's like somebody else went and got him. No, there's two. There's multiple reasons for this. So you don't trade Will Smith because they are only, I believe, two and a half games back of the wild card. They didn't trade Madison Bumgarner either. So this is a team. The Giants think that they're in it. They believe that or they can still. Enough. They're in it enough that they think they can go for it in Bruce Bochy's last year. All these different reasons that where they think they can make a run where they've been very good over this last month. So you don't trade Will Smith because you think you got a chance at making it to the postseason. And once they get into the postseason. And the Giants have shown in the past that they can do some damage. Now, the other reason that the Dodgers don't go after him is because he's a walkaway guy. He would be a complete and utter rental. So when you if you do that, you're you're trading guys away from your minor league system that is a part of. That was made by Farhan Zaidi, who is a, the GM of the Giants, knows that minor league system inside and out, know exactly who to take from the Dodgers to make the Giants better. So there's a little bit of that involved in that as well as right. being like, I don't trust you, Farhan. You're going to you're going to just poach somebody from me that I'm going to really want going forward. And he's just a guy that's a rental. And they don't want to do that. I, and again, it's a, you can always I think the, the instructive stuff is when you look at. Um, who does get traded? It's if the Dodgers didn't get Smith, but the Nationals did. Then you look at okay, well, who the Nationals give up to make that happen? Green, I think, is the equivalent of that. You know, you pick up the, the closer from Detroit. Atlanta does, and then you start to okay, what's the package of prospects that they that they got there? Did they did they outbid the Dodgers? Did the Dodgers not make a play on that at all? Um, 
You know, but some of this just comes down to the Dodgers think the guys they have in house are better than the Mark Melansons out there and, and the other guys sort of middling type dudes who were available. Yeah. I think Andrew Friedman said something along those lines after the trade deadline saying that, you know, we were in on a lot of these guys and the ones that we thought we, that we went after didn't, didn't get moved. So that means that a lot of the guys that they were after weren't so much like we maybe were Will Smith and Felipe Vasquez is one of those guys. Not only did the Dodgers not get him, nobody, nobody else, him. nobody else got him. Right. Because he's a, a guy with another, I think, three years of yes. team control. He's very good. Uh, Craig Kimbrell's on TV doing that stupid arm thing. Oh. God, I really dislike I know, I don't, him. It's, it's weird. I mean, who is it? I mean, that goes back to just and I'm sure Dodger fans feel the same way. Was it Mary Hart that was in the back I, there? I, the, yeah, it's just yeah. a it's a stupid arm thing. <laughs> Well, it's it's Craig Kimbrell. He can do whatever yeah, well, whatever he needs to do. Anywho. But like I said, but I, but I, you know, the 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 caloric deal again for I don't know nobody. I mean, the, the, the guy you'll never see again. Right. That's one of those deals where you look at it and you say, I wish they'd done like eight of those. Because go back to last year's World Series. It's Nate Evaldi. Yep. It's uh, you know Steve Pierce. These are not people that you would have expected to make a massive difference for Boston in the playoffs in the World Series. And they were huge. You never know who that guy's going to be. So trade four or five low-level prospects for as many of those dudes as you can find. And and that's and what you're talking about with Eovaldi is he is a starter that turned into a reliever. And that's what Brandon Morrow was when he was with the Dodgers. And he made himself into, you know, he was the go-to guy for the Dodgers two years ago. And then the Cubs gave him this gigantic deal because of it, and he's never pitched for him. So it's this year you have those opportunities to still have those guys within this roster. We talked about it. Kenta Maeda is a starter that's going to turn reliever. Ross Stripling is a starter that's going to turn reliever. Same with Julio Urias. Rich Hill has a possibility because the Dodgers starting rotation is so good that Rich Hill could very easily be a guy out of the pen. And that's a lefty out of the pen that's going to start throwing you from different arm angles. When you're expecting to come in and late innings, you usually see guys throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour. And he comes in throwing 89 miles an hour and with different arm that's angles and these different really curveballs. Yeah, that's when, that's when he's really throwing hard, too. That's he's fired up because that's the playoffs. And Rich that's, Hill, <laughs> bring it. If he starts doing that and you're getting that for a couple innings and all of a sudden Urias comes in and he's throwing 97 miles an hour, you're you're completely off balance. So it's what you're saying with the guys that it's always a, a reliever, a starter turn reliever, and the Dodgers have plenty of those guys that will be there in the postseason. I don't think the Dodgers necessarily did anything stupid today. What they didn't do was necessarily get a lot better. Right. And they didn't get, you know, in, in the teams that they are competing against, did Washington got better? Atlanta, I think, got significantly better. Houston, if you meet them in the World Series, can now they may not even pitch Wade Miley, who I think is a top fifteen in the league right He's now. He's been great this year, and so you know now they line up uh, Verlander, Garrett Cole, who's been nails since he joined that team, and Zach Greinke as your third starter. And again, Wade Miley, top fifteen guy in, in the league in, in ERA, may not even pitch. Right, like depending on you know whether you need your fourth starter. So that's how good that starting rotation is to go along with that lineup and everything else. Dodgers just didn't get better, and everybody wanted to see that gap stay there because 1988. Right, but that's what that's what this one day trade deadline does to you. 
This you have you have an opportunity. Every team has an opportunity to say whether they are buyers or sellers, and you have that one day of opportunity to get better or get worse. And the Dodgers they stood pat because they believe in the team that they have, and I, you know what I do too. And I think that this is going to be a team that is going to be very very difficult to get through. They're still really really good offensively. There this is just such a different team than what we've seen the last two years, where they're so much more workmanlike and they seem more like the Patriots than they do any other team. Well, yeah, it's just funny because like we were sort of just waiting around. They've been they've been a playoff lock for so long. Now we're just, I think Dodger fans have had nothing, had too much time to think about how things could go wrong. Um, all right, eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. We uh, we understand why the Dodgers may have done what they did or didn't do. Uh, Keith Law, the great analyst for ESPN, weighed in on why the Dodgers. Uh, essentially stood pat today. We'll bring you that sound next. Brian Kamenetsky, Greg Bergman, ESPN LA. The Dodgers stand pat on a day that turned very exciting there near the end. Um, Greg, what do you think about the other moves? Like, you know, Obviously, the Zach Granke trade to Houston was the big deal of the day. Uh, but there were a couple others. You know, Shane Green to Atlanta was, was, was I think, a big one. Um, a lot of people look at the Castellanos to the Cubs. You know, they, they needed somebody who can hit left-handed pitching. You can do that. So... Uh, the Castellanos deal I thought was a pretty decent deal. That was a guy that the Dodgers wanted in the offseason, and it didn't end up working out. Um, I really liked the Zach Greinke deal for Houston just for their rotation purposes that you were talking about before with Cole and Verlander and even Wade Miley. But did you see how much... Houston gave up for Zach Greinke. Top ten. Prospects. They gave up the number two, three, five prospects plus another high level prospect of in their wrote in their minor league system. They gave up a lot for him, and he's owed a lot of money at age thirty five. Which Zach Greinke, as great as he has been, is not the best in the postseason. He was good with the Dodgers. He's got an ERA over four. Right. He's got an ERA, and also the Dodgers. Let's say they do see them in the po- in the World Series. The Dodgers destroy Granky. They always have. They get to him early and often, almost every time out. It happens a lot. They have a very good. They have multiple home runs against him. Is he's not that good against the Dodgers specifically? And I think that's the type of thing that American League teams kind of have to do is look at. Can these guys get Dodgers out because of how much better they are? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you, they've set themselves up to be in a position where they might not even need to throw Wade Miley in a, in a World Series, and he's a top fifteen guy sure. in ERA. I mean, they, it's a great deal, and Houston still has a lot of leftover prospects from you know the days where they've been compiling, you know, tanking, and a lot all of those guys stuff. are gone. A lot of them are gone, but they still got some dudes left, and they didn't give up like their you know their favorite guy. But I, you know, so that's not. But that's not a trade the Dodgers are going to make. No, the Dodgers don't need another starting pitcher. They certainly don't need Zach Greinke at that price point. Other when you have you know May coming up and all these other guys. So you you set that one aside. That's not a. It's a trade that helps a rival potentially, but it's also not one the Dodgers ever would have made. So you don't get mad about that. The only one, and you said it earlier, was the Shane Green one. That was the only one that was kind of like, ah, that was a guy the Dodgers were in on. Otherwise, no other guys that went were guys that the Dodgers were actually. You also, you know, you could throw in Gavin Lux or, you know, maybe it was Keeper Ruiz and or whatever, Dustin May or something like that and pick up Vasquez. I mean, there is a a point at which. You could have. They, Pittsburgh would have said yes. Right. And they wanted to at least at starting the starting point 
was two of the top four. And that was just too, I mean, for a reliever, it just, no matter what, it doesn't make even sense. Even one under team control, even a young guy. It, it, none of that makes, especially since these guys are going to be significant pieces, possibly this year. So I'm not in on it. And that is, uh, I think what Keith Law says the Dodgers felt, uh, Keith Law, uh, ESPN's baseball analyst, this uh, right after the trade deadline. Bring that up. Keith Law is really good. He's it's like just saying. We're going. And I think from the Dodgers' perspective, if I was sitting in their front office, I'm imagining Andrew Friedman saying, "We're going to the playoffs. We're probably still the best team in the National League. We should be the favorites to get all the way to the World Series. Why would we trade one of our four elite prospects? They right. have four prospects on my midseason top fifty. They could just say." We don't see the need to trade any of those guys, especially not for bullpen help. If they needed a starter, would they have done it? Well, probably. Andrew doesn't like to trade his prospects. But in theory, at least, he might have made one or two of them available. There was no reason for them to do that, to go get relief help, given where they are. I love Keith Law. He is one you were so worried when I told you a sound from Keith Law. You were worried. I was. I was like, oh, what? I, can, am I allowed to disagree with Keith Law? There's nothing to di- disagree with there. Everything he said is absolutely spot on. He made it very clear for relief pitching. If this was for a starter, if this was a for a position player, maybe you do make some of those moves because they're going to be guys that are there all the time and make a big, huge difference game in and game out. For a reliever, a reliever that's in such a crapshoot, it happened. They can come out there. The biggest thing that people talk about is, oh, look, the Cubs went out and got a Rolls Chapman in 2017, and they won the World Series. If you remember, a Rolls Chapman blew three saves in that postseason. Three. That's. Not, I mean, he was pretty. He was good, and he was a dominant, but he still blew three saves. He got two wins out of it, but he still blew them. And that's that's what happens. Bullpens are just. Crazy, and you don't know what's actually going to happen. So I would want somebody like a Thor, or um, you know, or somebody who's a, 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 rota- a, a rotation piece or a position player, not for a reliever. You mean Noah Syndergaard as opposed to the actual Thor? Because I mean, I would have taken I don't know Thor. If Thor is available. I also don't know what his stuff is like. You know, there's Ginger Guard like coming do, up on I, Friday. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and Dustin May's got that look, but like you, you don't know if I mean you don't know what. What you would have had to give up for Will Smith? We had, you know, a guy for earlier today, uh, early in the hour, call about. Well, why not him? He didn't move. The, the Giants made a couple of deals. Why not? So it's you don't you don't know exactly what you would have to give up. And when you have four or five guys who are considered top flight prospects, teams don't like to trade for your twelfth guy. No. They want one of those dudes because everyone knows you have those guys. And if you're going to give up a player of consequence, you want to get one of the three or four or five best players. In a team system, and, and the Dodgers happen to have guys who are really kind of too good for that for anyone but an elite player. I, I will, so I I can't say, and especially as somebody who's sort of agnostic about the value of deadline deals, you go back and look at these things. Most of the time, they don't matter. Most of the time, this is not basketball. One player doesn't change the fortunes of a team, and if they do, it's usually not the guy that you traded for. No. It's usually someone else that comes up in your roster that you weren't expecting. So I don't have a huge problem with the Dodgers not making the big move. You know, that the the columnist in the local paper is going to kill them for for not improving the team and showing faith, this, that, whatever. I do wish they'd thrown a few more things at the wall to see what sticks because there are probably three or four Adam Kalarics out there that they could have picked up, and even if two of them never play for the Dodgers. Like Jed Jerko may never actually play for the Dodgers. 
it's nice to do like one of those guys is gonna to to catch fire or something in the playoffs that can happen i think that would have eased fans mind a lot more too if they would have gone out and gotten two three four guys people are like all right look they they shored up the bullpen they got a bunch of guys whether they're fantastic or not right. ryan madsen was one of the best one is one of their pickups last year i mean he wasn't anything special at all and he was good against atlanta but that was about it right and so if, but he they went out and they got multiple bullpen guys but that, to but get that one kind of reinforces the point of why you know the 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 value of these things is is spotty you know like Mark Melanson like okay people have heard of him right he's because going, he was a closer very, for the Nationals but he's not very good and no. so like Atlanta gets him that's not why Atlanta had a good day it's a, uh, you know they they got a I think it's Chris Martin from you know, yep yeah was that the lead singer to Coldplay or they're both I think they're the same uh, same uh, guy very, very multi talented. Right, and Shane uh, very Green. much like Will Smith. So they got three. Yeah, they got three guys to, to go to go to the back of the bullpen. Whether they're good, whether they're bad, whether they're terrible throughout the year, they look like they won the trade deadline. Besides the Granky right. deal, and, and because of that, and Washington's bullpen was so bad this year that anybody they picked up over the course uh, of the of the trade deadline stretch, and they got uh, Daniel Hudson, Ronius Elias, and uh, Hunter Strickland. Like which all those names? They're, they're all right. Those names Some are, are good. Some uh, are. Hunter Strickland had his best years a couple years ago when he was with the Giants. Um, I don't know anything about Elias. Um, and, you know, there's just these guys, they're, they're names. They're names. But you got they, three they were, of them. They were so bad. But Washington's bullpen is so bad that they'll help. Sure. And it just it, it feels like as a Dodger fan, you're sitting there going, oh, the gap. The baseball players are such a crapshoot. Always. You know, especially that first series. It's best of five. Weird thing happens. The wrong guy and the wrong team suddenly plays really, really well. And the Dodgers are, you know, they're in position now where they're going to get, you know, the, the, the wild card, the winner of the wild card and the worst team. You know, like right. You know, they're not going to see Atlanta in the NLCS. And the crazy thing is the or Dodgers NLDS right, say. and they're but they have these guys. They have the guys that you're talking about on their roster that they could that couldn't be the shocking guy. Tony Gonsolin had a four innings save just yesterday, and he's a guy that could very well have a huge role into this po- into the postseason. You don't know. I mean, it just depends on how he how he pitches, but he, right, he could be somebody. Hope. Not, but well, I mean, he's got a he's got a great stuff, and he looked really good in in Coors Field, which is very difficult to pitch in. He went three clean, perfect innings before giving up a run in the ninth. You know inning. what I think it is, though, too, Greg is, and, and we, we, you know, uh, uh, Joe Kelly been great in July. Give up runs last time he pitched, but he was even better. He's been so he was so bad early. He's been better. Kenley Jansen is not. As automatic, you don't feel as comfortable about Kenley Jansen as you used to, and so I think if if the if the Dodgers had those guys, where you go, okay, well Kelly's been nails and Jansen, so the eighth and ninth are covered. But what about the sixth, six, the matchups here and there? It's because those guys are a little bit shaky that you don't feel as good about them. Um, all right, so let, let let's look at the National League when we come back. Let's figure out. Like where the challenges are going to come from, what this, how this might actually impact the playoffs. Because obviously, with a 15 game lead, the Dodgers are still going there. So we'll look at the Cubs, we'll look at the Cardinals, the Braves, the Nationals, and what this might mean in the postseason when we come back. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. It's the Dodgers post game, post deadline there you analysis go. show. About right. Sounds good to it me. Doesn't really Let's have go a with name. Cam Netsky and Bergman, ESPN Alive. 
really should pay more attention to the big voice guy on those those ins and outs, and I learned the name of the show. Oh, I didn't listen to it either. No, it's the I've now already forgot it. What did he say it was called? Post deadline show. Deadline, trade deadline spectacular. I just like Kamenetsky and Bergman. How about that? Let's just go with that. And it's about the Dodgers. The old Kamenberg. Yeah. Right, so Dodgers don't do much today. They pick up Adam Kalarik, uh international cap space, which is uh who's my currently my favorite player on the team. Really good, and, strong bat. And cash considerations, which ought not to be anything the Dodgers need. But anyway. <laughs> You know, as, as my grandfather used to say, who doesn't need cash? Everyone concerns? needs a little walking around money, a little pocket money. I, I, I mean, Even I do. I'll take it if they don't so, want it. Um, but they don't. They don't do much. They pick up a left-handed specialist, and that's it. While Atlanta gets better, Houston gets better, Washington gets better. Um, the, the the Cubs improve their lineup a little bit. Um, that's you know. So the, the the rivals around the National League are improving and. You know, the Dodgers really, it was all only the bullpen. That's the only place people were looking for help because Joe Kelly's been unreliable as an eighth inning guy. Um, Kenley Jansen has been good, but not bulletproof. And we're used to that bulletproof Kenley. He's not that guy, at least right now. Um, we all know how much you hate Pedro Baez, and you expect the worst out of him. And if nothing else, even when he does good things, it takes too damn long. It does take a long it's time. Really, really freaking slow. I think you guys, just like you and Andy, like to just you like the fact that I don't like Pedro Baez from before, and you that spent, like, despite, you spent like seven years hating Pedro Baez. <laughs> seven years is a long you time. Can't just, but yes, and then he turns around and throws like one good post. No, no, no. Like, he was oh, good I'm, all of I've last been with year. Him from the beginning. <laughs> no, no. I said that if you pitched well in the postseason, I would stop are, being negative about will him. Turn on Pedro Baez in a heartbeat if, if it comes he gives up a three-run home run to lose a game in the postseason yes you i would absolutely turn on him so you're again. ready you're ready to go so that yes they, they, however those are the guys right those are those are the guys that we're expecting those are the typical which you would expect to be the seventh eighth ninth inning guys where yes kenley jansen is his velocity is down his cutter isn't cutting as well as it used to um the the it just doesn't he doesn't look like the kenley of old where he's giving up runs or walks well, aside hits. from that mrs lincoln <laughs> yes, no, he's been bad. But the problem is, I think this Dodgers team is different than a lot of them as well, especially in the bullpen, in the back of the bullpen, where the typical 7th, 8th, ninth inning roles don't really exist. Ninth inning, maybe, with Kenley, he's going to get the ninth inning. But I think having that 7th inning guy, 8th inning guy, that doesn't exist with this team. No, they, are, they are going to put it in... It might if you had more reliable options. I, I, I don't think so either. I think they go strictly by matchups and they go by who they think pitches well against that specific player in that specific time. So if they want Julio Urias, if there's a bunch of lefties coming up, it's the Cubs, and all of a sudden it's, you know, it's it's Anthony Rizzo and all the other lefties right behind him, you're going to see the Urias. Clark business. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be those types of guys that are coming that are that are going to be pitched right at that point. It's it doesn't matter if your role is eighth inning They'll pitch Joe Kelly in the sixth if that if they feel that's the best spot for him. If they Julio Orias will be in the eighth if that's the best spot for him. I don't think the actual roles matter anymore. All right, ESPN's Eduardo Perez talked about that issue of whether or not the Dodgers are going to regret not shoring up the bullpen. This just a few moments ago, actually on Wednesday Night Baseball. I think the Dodgers are going to miss out big time on it. You know, this is a team that that yes, they have Kenley Jansen at the back end, but I would have given whatever. Um, Pittsburgh Pirates wanted for Felipe Vasquez, and I understand that Lux is a, is a luxury to have for the Dodgers. 
But a very good friend of mine has always told me that prospects are what get general managers fired. <laughs> and sometimes you need to play for it all. A team like the Dodgers that haven't won since 1988 and has been to the World Series twice and fallen short, let's hope that it's not the seventh or eighth inning that makes them fall short once again. See, and that he is going the opposite way of what Keith Law was basically talking about. And that he's saying the prospects are suspects until they do something. That's what people love to say, right? And this is a situation where it's... Andrew Friedman is not that guy. He loves his prospects. He doesn't like trading them, but he's right. Not, no, I was about to say, he doesn't mind trading prospects right he, the right ones the, one, the right the ones that aren't the ones that actually are suspect right you just you can't trade a decade of gavin lux for a half season of will smith or you nope. know even two years of, of felipe vasquez because relievers are just screwy and like there's no guarantee vasquez to be that guy next year absolutely and felipe vasquez and who knows maybe if the pirates they were like all right fine we just really want Gavin Lux. We'll do a one-for-one one deal. Would Andrew Friedman do that? Possibly. Maybe. Maybe because, because he's under control for three years, because he's a power lefty, because he can do so many things. That's the name of my band in high school. Like <laughs> power power lefty. lefty. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but maybe Andrew Friedman does that, but I don't. he's definitely not doing it when you're saying Gavin Lux and Dustin well, May here's or the, and yeah. Keeper Ruiz. Yeah, and I, I would have happily traded Ruiz. Because sure. they got Will Smith and one he's for one. played very well. Or even Will or you know, Keeper Ruiz and you know Caleb Ferguson or something a little further down the list or whatever it might Fine. be. Fine. Because you have you have two catching prospects. You have more than that. Right. That's true. And like you're not gonna you can't play them all. And so Vasquez is a guy who is under team control, so you're not just giving away a prospect, you know, a high end prospect for a player who's not going to be part of your future. You get more mileage out of, of somebody like Vasquez. He's the type of player you give up a prospect for. That, by the way, is why Pittsburgh was asking for so much stuff for him and why he didn't go anywhere. And so, you know, the Dodgers didn't get outbid. I think the only guy you can look at in terms of potential impact relievers the Dodgers clearly didn't get or you know, were outbid on or wouldn't make that sacrifice that Eduardo Perez is talking about is Shane Green from from the Tigers, who went to Atlanta, which is problematic, you know, for for the Dodgers sure. uh, potentially, and shores up th- what is easily the weakest part of that team, which was the closer spot. They've tried Luke Jackson, they've tried AJ Minner. Neither one of those guys have been particularly good. I mean, what do you think the odds are that the Dodgers lose in the postseason? to Atlanta because of Shane Green. That Shane Green is the guy that comes back to bite the Dodgers. Well, I think it's more likely that you you have poor performances in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Right. You have poor performances from somebody in the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to beat themselves. If they're going to lose anything, it's because this Orioles team doesn't, doesn't pitch well. You have Kenta Maeda doesn't pitch well. Right. You know, uh, Joe Baez, Kelly blows Joe up Kelly, all of a sudden again, whatever it is, or they stop hitting with runners in scoring position. They stop going with the workman like attitude where they're taking walks and taking pitches. This team has to be, they would have to play completely opposite as well, they yes, have. The, yes and no. I will, I, I will agree with you to a point, but like, the reason we're having this conversation is because nobody trusts Joe Kelly because he hasn't been that good this year. The reason we're having this conversation is because, you know, Jansen has not been great. He's not bulletproof. Now, look. Jansen's not the same not, guy. But he's not the same guy, but he's also not somebody you're going to – you're not going to trade for a different closer to replace Kenley no, Jansen. That's not he is happen. your closer. You, but, go, you go with Kenley Jansen. But you still have the seventh, eighth. You know, like you don't feel good about your options in ways that you have in the past, so even last year. 
about the Dodgers bullpen. A lot of the same guys, by the way, but you felt better about last year's bullpen than this year's, and a lot of it was, last year was the hitting, it was, are they going to be too home run dependent, are they going to have enough starting, what's it going to be, what's it going to look like, and they got to the World Series. I'm like, I think they'll get to the World Series again this year, and then you sort of take your chances. Yeah, and I the think, teams are up I think we feel bad about the Dodgers bullpen, and like you've said a bunch of times already, they have the eighth best bullpen in all of baseball, but... They, you feel bad about the Dodgers bullpen because you see them giving up runs at times. And the guys that you see giving up runs are just not going to be on this team. That's the guys like the, um, JT Chagua is not going to be there. Um, you know, the Casey Sadler, maybe, but Jamie Schultz and are giving up runs. Josh Spores coming in and giving up a bunch of runs. Those guys are not going to be here. It's going to be the guys that are, it's, it's the, it's the Joe Kellys and the Pedro Baez, and then it's going to be starters right, turned also into relief. Been giving up runs. Well, he was at the beginning of the year, but he's been great in July. He has been much, much better. He and also, if you want to go by past, which people love to go by, what you love to go by, he was lights out in the postseason last year. Well, that's part when, of the reason why Dodgers went on got him. Right, and when in the regular season he wasn't even going to make the postseason roster for the Red Sox, and he worked himself into it at the end of the year, which to by worked the way. Out is one of the reasons when the Dodgers went out and got him, I said, really? <laughs> I, I don't think you were alone in that. Three years, $25 million for that guy. Like is a lot. Right, really? but he has been, this month, has been way, way better. That's true. And they need, and they just, they're going, what the, the Dodgers essentially made a bet. That the people that they have internally, Joe Kelly, Pedro Baez, uh, Dustin May, however that works out. Tony Gonsolin, uh, Tony however Gonsolin, that works out. And, you know, with Rich Hill coming back and moving Pedro Baez, Pedro Baez, Maeda, sorry, Stripling, Maeda into the bullpen. I, I said Baez with the same inflection as I would say Maeda, and it came out Baez. Um, <laughs> so you move Maeda to the bullpen. You know, maybe another starter could end up in the bullpen as well, uh, depending on how that shakes out. And they just feel like the guys that they have are better than the Mark Belanson types that they could have picked up. I would have loved to see him pick up three or four of them, though, just to have them around. And I'm totally with you on that. I, if I would have seen them come across with three relievers, whoever they were, whether they were good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't matter, I would have been like, okay, at least they went out and got fe- some guys. Here's the thing, but does that actually make them better? No. Or does that just make us feel better about them for That's the next it. few weeks so we can all be calm? That's exactly it. We would we would feel better, but I wouldn't. they wouldn't be any better. I think they're right. with the team they have, this is the team that should be able to win the World Series. Right. Well, you know, when, when Madsen last year it's like all of a sudden he got out there and it was like ryan madsen was like it was fine and then it wasn't and then it was fire and then it was and then we were all like well really should we have expected that because you look at his profile from the nationals it wasn't very good all right so anyway dodgers are still 15 games up got a lot of time to think 71 wins best team in baseball yep it's all good remember that adam kalarik let's hear it for international cap space too. <laughs> let's give it up for him uh espn like 